Welcome to the Making Hay podcast with Marsha Miller from RFG Advisory. In this podcast, we help veterinarians, from new graduates to seasoned practitioners, navigate the sometimes tricky waters of personal finance. We all know the saying, making hay while the sun shines. As cheesy as it sounds, it represents a lot of what we help people do in their financial lives and businesses. We know each of you faces unique challenges, and we're here to offer advice tailored just for you. Anchored in service, stewardship, and a genuine understanding of your profession. Join Marsha Miller, your guide on this journey. Marsha has spent over 25 years in financial services, and her passion is helping vets like you get a handle on your finances. Tune into each episode as we meet at the intersection of veterinary practice and financial management. With help from expert guests and insights from Marsha's own experience, we're going to tackle your biggest financial questions head on. And welcome to the Making Hay podcast with Marsha Miller. Marsha, how are you doing today? Hey, good morning. I am doing perfectly well. How are you? I'm I'm right fine. Good. <laughs> or as my dad might say, once upon a time, I'm just copacetic. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so what, what do you have going for us today? Well, today we are diving into the wild world of student loans and student Ooh. loan debt. Yeah. So mm. a lot of people really avoid talking about it. A lot of veterinarians don't want to talk about it. Why? Because it's overwhelming. Sure. It's like this cloud of debt that's hanging around. So we're going to we're going to dive in and talk about it with Matt today. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I, I guess this is one of those things you, nobody wants to talk about, but probably once you do talk about it, it's not as scary. Well, that is absolutely the truth, you know, and it's just people think it's, it's so overwhelming. They don't want to deal with the reality. So they get into this this anxiety avoidance mode, I guess, is mm -hmm. the way to say it. So we want to kind of pretend get some it's not there. Let's yeah. just pretend it's not it'll, there. It'll go away if I don't pay attention. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it usually <All> right. doesn't. <laughs> no, usually I've never seen any that just sort of went away, went away by itself. No. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So Matt's, a, yeah, I've met him before, but he is an advisor on my team. Uh, we work hand in hand. He is awesome. So Matt, let's kick this off. Yeah, um, glad, glad to be back on the show. Yeah. So when do you think that veterinarians should start thinking about student loans? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, as financial advisors, we uh, get this question a lot. And it's usually kind of in the later stage when um, veterinarians have a practice or just start as an associate and say, hey, I've got the student loan debt. What do I need to need to do? And really uh, planning for student loan debt should start before you even start school. Just one, just having a number of how much support you need. Um, and that comes from if you have any scholarships, grants, if you have a 529 plan, um, help from plan, help from your family or savings, just having a, a bottom a bottom line and, and know, know what kind of support you, you need. And the next, we're, you would just weigh the the cost of, of tuition, looking at in-state and out-of-state tuition. Out-of-state tuition is uh, significantly more expensive than in-state, so it's good to be mindful of that. And just looking That's... at at Auburn's vet school, um, out-of-state tuition is about $21,000 a year more expensive. So that's something to be mindful. So over four years, um, I mean, that's getting close to $100,000 extra just for out-of-state. Big so, consideration. Very big. Very, very big. Yeah. 
I think choosing between in-state and out-of-state tuition is like a bit like picking toppings for your pizza. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, There's a lot. I mean, do you go with the local cheese or do you go and get the exotic, exotic imported stuff? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's um. It sounds. It's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Um, states all have different types of residency requirements uh, as well as schools. So uh, it can be overwhelming. And then the last thing is just knowing the, the different types of loan types when when applying. And that's also another another few toppings added to the pizza. Yeah, there you go. Well, Matt, I know you're in your early 30s and very early 30s. Right on the dot. <laughs> right on the dot, 31, right? <laughs> So like, so you're a more recent grad. And mm-hmm. so like, what's your personal story? I mean, what have you experienced, you know, yourself or your families? Like, what are the joys and sorrows of student loan debt that you went through? Or did you somehow manage to escape unscathed? Or like, <laughs> tell us a little bit about what, what you did. I mean, you're not a veterinarian, but you know, like you're a recent grad. So tell, tell yeah. us about your story. No, that's a good question. Um, so I, I was very fortunate, had support from family uh, for my undergrad, but I, I knew I was want, wanting to go to grad school. And so that's one thing they said, like, you're on your own for grad school. So I, um, when I was looking at, out, of, out of undergrad, when I was looking for, for jobs, um, I had two offers out of school. One was a little bit higher salary and one was a little bit lower. And the one with the the lower salary, I was actually able to negotiate to have them pay for my school, which ended up saving me around $35,000 a year for my grad school, which is really, really special. Huge. Yeah, that is. Um, on the other side of that, I've had have had some family friends that have been a little unfortunate. One big problem about student loans is the money is pretty easily accessible, and so it's very easy if you don't know your bottom line to take out more than more than you need. Um, so there's you can able to take out the max loan and had some family friends take uh, some pretty exotic uh, trips with the student loan money and come out of school with close to $400,000 of student loan debt, so which, is tempting. A, which is a mountain of uh, debt to crawl out of. Out right. of school. I know because the mindset is like, I'm going to be sacrificing. I'm going to go to vet school. I'm going to be a doctor when I get out of this. I'm going to be making a mm-hmm. lot of money. I can always kick the can down the road and enjoy my life now while I'm young. Right. And exactly. It's, t- it's tempting. <laughs> it is. And obviously we think that's a mistake. So don't do it. <laughs> don't, don't do it. Don't do don't it. Don't <laughs> be tempted. Yeah. And, you know, back to your point about you were fortunate enough to get your grad school paid for. You know, I think in the veterinary space, there is there's a shortage still of veterinarians. We've been talking mm-hmm. about that a lot. Yep. And so I'm seeing more and more job offers where they are actually, you know, practices are picking up that debt or some of the debt. If a veterinarian signs on for X number of years and things like that. So those are good considerations. Absolutely. Um, And and that's a a great benefit. I've seen anywhere from $2,500 to $5,000 a year in additional payment support from employers, which is doesn't sound like a lot. But it's again, it's money that's not coming out of your pocket to to pay back the loans. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was going to ask you if there was any embarrassing stories that you knew of of yourself or family or friends that from doing taking out student loans, but I think you kind of nailed that one with taking trips with their money. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's probably the most embarrassing is, I mean, the stu- your student loans are to cover your tuition and to cover your living expenses. Taking right. a trip to Italy for a month is not no uh, <laughs> necessary living expenses. Um, and And it's definitely not, while it's a great experience, it's definitely not worth going into more debt to experience that. 
Yeah. I have a quick story of some a, a friend of mine's child. Yeah. So they got the max student loans as well. And the parents had given the student, their child, a used car, you know, that had, they had been driving through high school and taken to college. And it was a perfectly capable car, you know, perfectly capable to have a lot more miles. And um, her kid went out unbeknownst to the parents and bought a new car with their student loan money. Wow. And, you know, it's just like we've got to learn delayed gratification, you know, and and not to make those mistakes, not beating anyone up if anyone's done any of these things. But again, addressing it and coming up with a game plan to get it paid off and Mm -hmm. to get it paid off sooner than later does bring tremendous peace of mind. So. Yeah, but I don't know if there's any other stories you'd like to share. Those are that's mine. <laughs> no, like, that's, that's a good one. Um, I, I think as millennials, um, especially the the younger vets, I think you said it. Delayed gratification. We want everything now, and we want to experience these these great things like new cars and nice trips, and seeing people make sacrifices on the other end, and, and seeing their student loan payments of upwards of fifteen hundred dollars a month. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Just delay the yeah. gratification for a few more years. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, now that we've covered the basics of planning and mm-hmm. are thinking about it or starting to think about it, let's dive into the nitty gritty of the different student loan types. What types? Yeah. What are the different types? Yeah. So just at a high level, um, there's there's two different types. One are government student loans and then the other are private student loans. So the government loans are subsidized for the by the government to offer a, a lower interest rate for for students, and then the private loans are offered by lending institutions, which typically offer higher rates. And, and for those that don't qualify for student loan for the government loans or go over those those borrowing limits set by the government. So, do you know what those the current limit the current rates are? Yeah. So for for the the, uh, the government loans, it's four and a half percent around that range, and then for the private loans, it's around eight percent. Wow. So that's a that's a big difference, almost double to go for the private lending. Yeah, and that can be very overwhelming. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a lot to consider for a student. Right. You know, all it, they're doing is looking to you know further their education, and they have this whole overwhelming debt thing to consider. So it's a lot. Yeah. And there is some good news for um, veterinary students. So certain healthcare professions and veterinaries uh, is included in that. The max loan for for the government subsidy is is 224000 So with proper planning, um, that should cover the, the bulk of, of your tuition and living expenses. What is the average student loan for a veterinarian now coming out of school? So we've seen anywhere between two and three hundred thousand, uh, depending on in-state, out-of-state tuition. If they're having any help, scholarships, um, which which can be uh, a little a little daunting. I mean, starting day one with a three hundred thousand dollar shadow over you. So yeah, that's that's a lot. <laughs> it sure is it's a whole lot. I mean, luckily we're seeing veterinarian income is increasing. Mm-hmm. So we know a lot of the, the starting salaries are a lot more. So, you know, maybe instead of of looking first at what can I buy to get the lifestyle, I went to school and sacrificed all these years, which we totally understand, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to live a great life. But maybe, you know, it's really important to to make sure you're in check with your budget and have a game plan for paying the debt off and and still living your best life and, and doing the things you want to do. But it's all a balance. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I mean, there is some good news to coming out of school with, with, with that much debt, um, especially for veterinarians. Uh, a recent study showed that the debt to income ratio for veterinarians coming out of uh, vet school, completing their residency and, and being a first year associate 
the debt to income ratio is 1.3 to 1 compared to a national average of 3 to 1. So what that means is, yes, we are have, coming out of school with a good bit of debt, but we are seeing high, uh, higher uh, starting salaries, which is lowering our, our debt to income ratio. So that's uh, that is uh, some good news that I mean, we're not having to work three, four five years just to uh, pay off that, that figure. Wow, that is good news. Mm-hmm. I know that this it's still like a you know a big monkey on your back um, mm-hmm. to have the student loan debt. And it's, it can be overwhelming. So what what's the best thing a veterinarian can do right now? Like, yeah, I think the the best thing the uh, veterinarians can do right now is is to have a plan. Um, and there's several steps to having a plan. So the first thing is negotiations, and, and this is a skill that's not really taught in school. It's I mean, there's several classes you can take or YouTube videos you can watch, but negotiation, the power of negotiation is, is a good skill to have. And what that does is uh, it, it lowers your debt to income ratio. So the higher salary you negotiate coming out of school, knowing your value, the lower that ratio is. And, and a story of that is, is how I mentioned when, when I graduated, I, I took a little bit lower of a salary to work for a company that would pay for my school. And so that, that saved me around $70,000 over, over a two year time period. Yeah. And like, we, um, and like we already mentioned, there's, there is a shortage of veterinarians. Use mm-hmm. that to your advantage. Absolutely. You know, when you're negotiating to start working at a, a practice or a clinic or a hospital, you know, make sure that you're thinking about that and not just, oh my gosh, I'm lucky to have a job. No, they're begging for you to have a job. You they know, are. you are in, <laughs> the ball is in your court all day long um, as a veterinarian. Absolutely. So, it, is. Um, it is. Take advantage of that. Um, you know, Matt, I know that you and I work with a lot of veterinarians and have a lot mm-hmm. of conversations on a daily basis. And, you know, not just, you know, this kind of conversation has been around veterinary students. Like, what do you do even before you go to start vet school? Like, you should start thinking about student loan debt, mm-hmm. right? But we're meeting people, you know, practicing veterinarians who've been practicing. They're 30, 35, 40, 45 years old, still with a pretty substantial amount of debt. I mean, it's very common. So what what do you, what can you speak to them? What's the 40-year-old, 45-year-old with still student loan debt and three kids and a mortgage and two car payments? <laughs> you know, it's overwhelming. <laughs> it, it, it is overwhelming. And that's a really good question. I think it's, and that just kind of emphasizes why it's important to have a plan early. But for those veterinarians that are, I don't know, mid-30s, 40s with kids and a practice and car payments and mortgages, the simple fix and maybe unpo- unpopular advice is to just pay more. So pay more than just the minimal minimum payment to to pay down that principal and, and see that 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 burden uh, disappear more quickly. I think people that that are paying the minimum payment on I don't know twenty or thirty thousand dollars in student debts, it's really not that big of a deal. But when you're talking to upwards of two, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars in student debt, just paying off the minimum payment, I mean, you're really not tackling the the principle of the loan um, and that's how you see some some doctors um, out of school for 10 20 years and they're still paying off their student their student loans yeah because it's doubled tripled quadrupled because they're barely paying the interest payment you're right I mean are they not paying the interest payment or are they you know haven't been paying at all you know exactly. when, when they didn't have to so yeah I love the success story of one of our clients she always knew she wanted to be a, a veterinarian who knew she wanted to be a practice owner. That was what her her goal was to do. Married couple, husband did something else, was in another is in another industry, and they made the decision to live off of his paycheck. You know, even with children, they right. you know 
live off of his paycheck, live lean, drive the used car. And she put her entire salary on the student loan. I mean, I just applaud that, you know, and they knocked it out. And now she's a practice owner with a thriving business and Mm -hmm. the sacrifice paid off in spades. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very, a very fortunate situation. And um, it's good to have the income and, and, and be able to just put everything into the business and into the, into the student loans. And it all kind of goes back to having a plan. Yes. We, it seems like we harp on that a lot. On yes. This podcast. <laughs> yes. Cause but we, I mean, it, we, we, we know it works. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it is what we live and breathe every day because I think Matt and I both were just, we're problem solvers, but really beyond that, the plan is, you know, think of us as like your thinking partners, You know, like call us and say, how can we think through this? And when you talk it through with a professional who can help you put this into motion, there's such freedom in it. You know, it's like you can see you're willing to take a sacrifice because you can see the end game where when veterinarians are just like, I don't want to think about it because this causes me anxiety and I don't want to deal with it. I'm not good with money. And they have this fear behind money and all this and that. You know, they're just, they're avoiding the inevitable problem and it's probably going to compound and be worse when they do actually are forced to deal with it Yep. than if they would just say, Hey, you guys seem to know what you're talking about here. Would you talk this through with me? And we, we would love to have that conversation. No obligation. We just want to help people. I mean, we're really here to help the veterinarian community. So do not hesitate to call me or to call Matt and get time on our calendar. There's a link on our show notes for that. So we would love to do that. Yeah, anyway, absolutely. yeah. Well, I guess we can wrap up. Or do you have anything else you, we we missed talking about, Matt? No, I I, uh, I think that's great. A great start. Um, just to kind of reiterate, have a plan. So of those steps, negotiations, negotiate a higher salary. You are the bargaining chip. Uh, there is a shortage of veterinarians. Use that to your advantage. Pay more than just the minimum loan, minimum payment to, to tackle that principle. Um, live below your means. Uh, set a monthly budget. You have $1,000 coming in. Spend a thousand on housing, uh, expenses, food, et cetera, and then save, save uh, 500 and then borrow as little as possible. Understanding what you need to live on and, uh, not taking those extravagant trips to Europe and, and, and so on, but just being responsible, a responsible borrower and, uh, not digging a bigger hole than we, than we need to. And then lastly, investments. I think this is an important topic that isn't really spoken about when talking about planning, but having a bucket of money that is working with you alongside you, uh, you tackling your, your, your debt as well. Um, and then lastly, just working with a planner as soon as possible, it, uh, it can save you some, some major money in, in making mistakes in the long run. So, or avoiding those mistakes in the long run. So yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's it. Yeah, absolutely. I know there was a really, really good website that mm-hmm. students should go to. Tell, tell us about that. Yeah. So students, uh, if you just want a, uh, an idea of what your payment plan will look like, how quickly you can pay it off or what kind of income you need, um, you can go to studentloanplanner.com. Um, it's a very useful tool uh, just to get your mind around what uh, what those payments will look like and what uh, what kind of income you need to to support that. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Matt, for being on the show with me today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks um, for having me. And to all you veterinarians, it doesn't matter if you're a vet student, a graduate, practicing vet, whether you're 25 or 45 or whatever, you know, remember you're not alone in this financial safari. We're here to help you. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. So please share those with us. Um, reach out to us by email or phone or whatever. We'd love to hear from you. 
Thank you all. Uh, you did a very good job talking about student debt without mentioning the other D word in, in the conversation. So I'll just make it plain. Financial discipline. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's yeah. something you have to learn. <laughs> it, 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 really, it really is. It really is. And, you know, you can go listen to, there are, there are pe people out there, financial coaches who will tell you the same thing. Uh, it, you just got to get your finances order and you have to be a little bit disciplined about them. Mm -hmm. You talked about it in a way that didn't make it sound like I've been bad. So I have to be disciplined. <laughs> you just, right. you know, you a good, <laughs> good job with the conversation. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. If, yeah. Thank you. If, so I'm sure there are some folks listening who would like to maybe reach out to you and have a further conversation, Marcia, how would they do that? Yeah. So you can call our office. The number is 205-795-2013. Um, and you can reach either Matt or myself here. Also, you can reach by my website at meetwithmarsha.com. And Marsha is M-A-R-C-I-A. -A, so meetwithmarsha.com. And of course, that'll be in our show notes. That would be fantastic. Thank you all. Thank you very much. And listeners, thank you for taking the time to listen. We appreciate it. If you're not a subscriber already, please just hit the subscribe button. It's really easy. That way you don't miss another podcast, another episode of the podcast. It just will be delivered directly to you wherever you listen to this podcast. It's easy. And if you like it, we'd really humbly ask that you rate it and share it with your friends and help spread the word about the podcast. On behalf of Marsha and everybody in Making Hay, I'm Bill Tucker urging you to go out and live your best life today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Making Hay podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at meetwithmarsha.com or give us a call at 205-795-2013. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analyses of Marsha Miller. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Marsha Miller or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Advisory services offered by Investment Advisory Representatives or RFG Advisory LLC, RFG Advisory or RFG, a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.